Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Charting Queer Health, a podcast at the intersection of queer culture, healthcare, and research. On behalf of Howard Brown Health in Chicago, as always, I'm your host, Matt Lesky. I identify as a cis white gay man. I'm a Chicago resident, but most importantly, I get the incredible opportunity to sit down with various experts from our organization and our community to learn from their expertise, amplify their stories and voices, and advance the conversation surrounding queer healthcare. Today's episode is all about queer business ownership and queer gathering spaces. Joining us today is Renata Riddle. Uh, Renata, thank you so much for coming and spending time. Uh, do you mind introducing uh, yourself, what you do, and your pronouns, please? So Renata Riddle, co-owner of Nobody's Darling. Uh, he, sorry, he, she pronouns. No, she, she, her pronouns. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Uh, co-owner of Nobody's Darling. So uh, I kind of prefaced a little bit in our intro, but uh, today's episode, I wanted to be about queer business ownership and queer gathering spaces. This is kind of a theme that I've touched on with a few other guests in other episodes talking about pride and um, how diverse the queer community is and where people feel welcome. And we know that gathering spaces is important for mental health and and to feel included and kind of um, come to terms with somebody's with your own identity. So um, I kind of wanted to talk with people that are on the forefront of curating and creating those spaces um, to kind of get your your um, thoughts on it. So uh, with that in mind, um, what is Nobody's Darling? Just let's dive right in. Yeah. Yeah. So Nobody's Darling is a upbeat uh, women focused cocktail bar. Okay, women focused cocktail bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what led you to create a women focused cocktail bar, and what do you mean by that? So, I've been doing pop up events, one you know, we have a, another um, for nonprofits, for just the general public as a whole. But they've always been focused to have a women kind of centered. Um, space, you know, like it's a whole space for women. Mm -hmm. And so when we thought of opening Nobody's Darling, I love cocktails. Um, I have a strong passion for cocktails. And I also love to do really cool, fun events um, that centered around women, right? Um, Now, when I say that Nobody's Darling is a women, you know, focused cocktail bar, we are also, you know, definitely intentionally want everyone to come and we want to hold space for everyone, but we're being very intentional about holding space for women because you go to all parts of the city and you have a cocktail and no one is really putting women at the forefront and making them feel, you know, feel good about coming into the space. So when we thought about opening up the bar, we had cocktail, you know, cocktails in mind, definitely, but we also had us as, you know, queer women in mind, queer, you know, POC women in mind. So um, that, of course, is our focus because anytime you open up a bar or anytime you create something is with you in mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I love the intentionality behind it. What made you decide to go for a bar as opposed to, you know, a restaurant or another gathering space? Why specifically? I know you said you have a passion for cocktails. Is there anything you think in particular about a, a bar setting that serves to accomplish your goals better than another type of uh, establishment? So I think with a cocktail bar, you are there to have conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another thing that our bar is very um, unique in, is that you will see someone at the bar that is 70-something years old talking to a 21-year-old. It the I always say when people come to the space, they always 
say they just feel so good there. Yeah. And I feel like they open up more and just want to, you know, have great conversation and have a good cocktail. Um, of course, for me, the reason why we open a cocktail bar versus a restaurant with cocktails is that, I, I mean, I love, I like food, <laughs> but I mean, my first thing I think about, you know, if, if I'm going to have a, a wonderful weekend is having a good cocktail. Right. A good drink. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's something about it that facilitates conversation easier. I mean, yeah, you can sit down and have a meal with somebody, but it's kind of hard to talk when you're eating, mm -hmm. you know, drinking. And there's something to be said about alcohol kind of Listening enabling. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. Not, not to like, <laughs> you know, push that angle or anything, but, um, I, I know that there is kind of an absence of intentionally uh, open invitation bars um, across the country when it comes to like queer gathering spaces. Um, El Boys Town, as it's formerly known, or some people still prefer to call it, or North Halstead, uh, exclusively serves like one specific kind of clientele. Um, up until Nobody's Darling, was there any other space like this in Chicago that was intentionally um, welcoming and holding space for women or, you know, people of all identities besides cis white gay men? Not that I know of at the time that I've been in Chicago. Like yeah. I, I remember Tease, which was a lesbian bar in Andersonville as well. Hmm. Um, it's now the meeting house. Okay. So they were very intentional about, about holding space for women there. But Tease has been close for probably about, I'm going to say, seven or eight years now. So it hasn't been really a women-focused bar in the city in a while, especially cocktails. Yeah. Um, how do you, how do you? Maybe this is a dumb question. How do you hold space for an in, in intended group, whether you know uh, it's women, queer women, queer men, women of color, whatever that means? Uh, it's it, we can come on here and, and you know talk about ho holding space and I. That doesn't necessarily, how, how do you put that into practice? How do you bake that into your business practices and into the actual environment itself, other than just saying, like, we're open for everybody? Because it's uh, it strikes me as being different than talking the talk and walking the walk. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when you, when you walk in our space, it's very warm. It's very inviting. Our art that we have in our bathrooms are all women having cocktails. Our, our staff is 75% women. Mm -hmm. Our management staff is 100% women, women of a color. Yeah. And so when you're intentional about making sure also that your staff knows that we are specifically holding the space for women, we want to make sure they feel comfortable when they come in the bar. If you, you know, have any guests that feel like they feel like they're unsafe or don't feel comfortable, you know, make sure to let us know, make sure to step in and, you know, make making sure that they feel comfortable. So far, we've had haven't had any issues yeah. whatsoever. Um, everyone is just so happy to be in this space, and kind of they, you know, they feel the vibe, and they just just you know are kind of very much laid back and not, you know, it, I feel like everyone is very intentional about caring for others in the space. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's, I know that's kind of hard to do when you have cocktails and alcohol in you. But I feel like people are just so um, open to uh, have others in their space that they may not normally, you know, b may not normally be around. Yeah. Um, 
you get some odd, you know, you, we see some odd uh, things in our bar. We see, you know, folks that just don't fit the, what, what you, what everyone would call normal or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a beautiful, eclectic group of, of folks that come in our bar. I love that concept of kind of making it a top-down approach of making sure that the the people that are working there are intentional about being inclusive and making it feel like home. I know we can all probably remember an instance in all of our lives where you like you go into a cocktail bar of any orientation, gay or straight or otherwise, and the bartenders, if it's like allowed, you know, they'll, they'll just like point at the ear, like, just tell me what you want. There's no like personal touch. There's no, you know, feeling welcome. You feel like you're in an imposition trying to order a drink. Uh, so I love the, the intentionality behind it. What you said, you haven't had any problems in actual, um, clientele and, and customers being there have you faced any resistance uh in the process of opening nobody's darling or have you faced any like uh people that don't see the need uh or that might not understand the vision so far we have not uh, i'm sure if someone had says yeah i don't know why you guys want to open a bar for women like that doesn't make sense mm-hmm. money wise that doesn't make sense as well so I don't you know women don't go out every night like guys do right but I will have to say is that everyone enjoys our space and we are busy every day hmm. um that's good to hear it was you know crazy busy for us I know our staff was totally annoyed with us but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, I I I think that so we were very hesitant about opening a bar in Andersonville we we knew of the neighborhood and we would go out in the neighborhood, but we didn't actually know how they would receive two queer black women opening up a bar in Andersonville. Um, and we, to our surprise, when we were, you know, getting remodeling the bar, it I mean literally, neighbors would walk, you know, knock on the door, look look in, you know, because we had some paper up on the on the walls. I mean on the windows. Um, but they would just knock on the door and they would say, hey, I just want to, you know, welcome you guys to the neighborhood. We can't wait for you guys to open. So that really made us just feel so warm inside. This was a neighborhood that really wants to receive queer women of color and also was just so happy that there was a bar that was just being, you know, open to everything. So um, we have... We haven't had any resistance whatsoever. As far as um, funding, we were re- really privileged because we just self-funded ourselves. We, you know, we made sure to be very conservative on the budget, um, but we were definitely were able to self-fund ourselves. I don't know if we walked into to a bar even with our, you know, experience and our expertise that we would actually be able to get along. What do you? Oh, what do you mean? Like the like. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that a, a bar, you know, you know, two women yeah. of color opening up a bar in Andersonville is not. I think a banker's oh, thought, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, if you pitch that to make somebody, money. they'd be like, "This doesn't make sense." Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. So um, we were definitely fortunate that yeah. we were able to, um, you know, be able to self fund ourselves. Uh, now you know, we meet with our bankers and they want to give us a loan, but we're like, no, we, we're, we're good. We, we're good. We're good. Cause we're, we're going to work it, working on uh, expanding next door and hopefully on the South side. Yeah. 
That was and a few other places. Gonna be my next question. Maybe is in that, Boys Town. Is that what's next? You think? Multiple yes, locations? yes, yes, yes. I love. We that. want to have uh, the nobody's darling. The concept of the bar accessible to everyone in the city. We get people from the south side of you know town, the the west side of town, uh, and so we want to make sure that we are um, definitely our next location will be on the south side somewhere yeah. I, I love yeah. that and and I I think it's something that's desperately needed we've like I said in the intro we've I've talked about this kind of need for um a wider door on queer gathering spaces and really inviting everybody but we've always kind of grappled with well what does it look like and I love that nobody's darling is kind of exemplifying it I had a, a thought as you were saying that what is the inspiration behind the name nobody's darling so Angela was actually reading a poem, I know um, Alice Walker poem. Oh yeah, and it was "Be Nobody's Darling," mm. and so we were in the throes of trying to find the name of the bar because we were probably three to four weeks out of trying uh, of about you know opening the bar, and we were just like, okay, we gotta get it, we gotta find a name real quick. Um, we you know did a whiteboard and we put exactly one how we wanted people to feel, you know, the whole vibe of the place. And we could not land on a name. So she sent me, nobody's darling, sent me the poem. And because I'm from the South and my mom always uh, referred to me as darling, it just really connected with me on such a strong level. And then I heard, you know, read the poem and it really said everything that we really feel that we want to bring into the bar people who feel like they're outcasts. We want to definitely make sure that they feel at home when they come to our bar. Yeah, I just quick pulled up the poem as you were talking, and I want to read just a little portion of it. It's not too long also, so if you're curious, you can go Google um, Alice Walker, Nobody's Darling. But uh, it starts off with, Be nobody's darling, be an outcast. Take the contradictions of your life and wrap around you like a shawl. Uh, it keeps going about how um, le- the like the the people that look at you and might judge you. Let them look askance at you, and you askance reply. Be an outcast. Be pleased to walk alone. Uncool. Uh, which I love. It, it has uncool in parentheses, which I think uh, I I just I just love that having this as the basis and the intentionality of a gathering space because um, I think it is really important for queer people of of all identities to have a gathering space have you heard from uh from patrons that it it feels you know that way that they have a home or a space what kind of uh, feedback have you gotten oh yes they feel at home when they come in our space they feel you know we definitely um well a a patron referenced our bar and said you guys are literally my queer cheers right because when you yeah right when you come in the bar you you know you know you may not you meet a lot of strangers and once you walk out the bar you met you met a friend again when people come into our bar they they feel the energy that we put in the space and they just kind of you know relax their shoulders Mm -hmm. get a cocktail kick up their legs and, and be nobody's darling i love that what do you think is missing from other queer spaces um, I, I, that you would like to see added um, because I, I mean I live a block from North Halstead and I'm at those bars all the time and I'm always looking around like what could what could what can we add to 
to pop the door wider on just like a base level. I think your staff has to be intentional about making sure that you see those, you know, those folks that look like outcasts, right? And making sure they feel welcome in the space, making sure that your patrons know your stance on how you feel about your space. And you want to make sure that you hold space for everyone, not that one demographic. That's a that's a big start. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I could see how one gets the vibe in certain spaces like, you know, the highest paying customer, or the highest paying demographic wins out. And, you know, having resources also to to gather is kind of a privilege, right? Uh, my other episode I recorded today, we were talking about Southside Pride mm-hmm. and how um, having the resources to go to Pride or to celebrate or to be in a queer space and like get a cocktail is sometimes a privilege. North Halstead is really expensive. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll charge you $10 for a shot of bottom shelf vodka. Um, did you give any consideration when constructing Nobody's Darling to kind of consciously steer away from that? Well, we our prices are pretty much in line with our market. Yeah, but we do have you know a beer that we have, our middle line is like two dollars, right? right. Um, if you want to come in this space, and I'm sure our staff knows, like if someone just wants to come in this space and doesn't have you know the money to to buy the cocktail, we'll we'll comp the cocktail, mm-hmm. we'll pay for it ourselves. Um, but I don't think anyone has come into the space yet and said, "Hey, I can't." pay my tab, but I really want to be here. Yeah. And, you know, our staff knows to make sure, you know, go ahead and just put it on our tab because we have a house tab that we run. Um, and so, you know, that, and yeah. that's something to think about as far as just thinking of, you know, when you do the happy hours and all of that, mm-hmm. we do have like discounted cocktails all the time. And we ha- also have nonprofits that come in and they'll just do like the first round is on them. Uh, we also have events where we all have the first round on the bar or on um, a a liquor sponsor that wants right. to 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 take care of everyone's cocktail. I love that. I love that. Um, there was also kind of the conversation about how um, a lot of queer spaces are centered around drinking, um, and I I for one love a cocktail, so I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, and I but I have always struggled to imagine what like a, a sober gathering space would look like. Um, I, obviously, this is a bad question for you as a cocktail establishment owner, but... No, but we have we have mocktails. You do? Okay. Yes, yeah, yes. so maybe, yeah. So that, that's another way that you've been super considerate of like, you know, people want to feel part of that yes. environment, but might not necessarily want everything that comes with an alcoholic drink. So you, you have a section of mocktails? Yes, we have a section of, of mocktails. I love that. Keep it cute. It was... Uh-huh. Uh, darling you're drunk but some people it didn't land well with people so mm-hmm. we uh changed the name to uh keep it cute we transitioned to our summer uh menu so we changed the name a little bit that that section but yeah. we have mocktails on there we have a uh, darling spritz which is pretty much a um uh, you know just a a, a, a negroni spritz or yeah. whatever um and then we have a cpd oh, can yeah, yeah. cocktail that is you know, something that's, if you don't want to do, alcohol, uh, you know, yeah. alcohol, you can do the CPD drink. But we, yeah, we have uh, probably about four, four or five selections nice. on our, that's our menu. more than the zero that I heard a lot of other places serve. So I'm very impressed. Yeah. Uh, the um, 
Keep It Cute is, it's funny that you mentioned that because before we started recording, you brought up Broadway Youth Center. Um, they, that's kind of their motto in the gathering space is Keep It Cute. Uh, because while um, Broadway Youth Center is oriented towards queer youth, it serves youth of all backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And so you might have conflicting opinions or people that are having a hard time understanding one another. Um, and so their model is always just Keep It Cute. You know, you you want to act towards other people uh, in, in a way that's um, courteous and kind and respectful. You want to yes. keep it cute. Uh, so it, that's funny that you said that because uh, I think Keep It Cute is a really applicable um, principle to use yes. in, in a lot of yes. different areas. I saw on uh, in one of the articles that you the cocktails are na- like named after various yeah people. so we we name yeah. our cocktails after usually POC women mm-hmm. queer women and women women of color yeah we do have a cocktail on the menu now uh, it, it's a a nod to James Baldwin it's called the Giovanni Room oh but we have Kalo Margarita um, Joseph J our Jay Baker, uh, Manhattan, that's all the winter cocktail menu. We have uh, Alice Walker, A. Walker, Martini. So those are some of the cocktails that we have that are just that, oh, like, hey, you know, we we, we love you guys. Yeah. We are honor, we honor you. Um, so we, we always try to keep it fun when we're naming the cocktails because we switch our menu uh, yeah. twice a year. So, I, yeah. again, so much intentionality behind that because even if somebody walks in and is unknown like it kind of goes over their head Mm -hmm. about what the intent is they can open your menu and all of a sudden see all the names of all of these important people oh wait a second i i understand what's going on so i I love that intentionality and i like to ask this question of everybody i interview um what's the the best part of your job or what you get the most reward from uh and what's the the hardest thing about your job so the most rewarding thing is when people come to us when we're just sitting in the bar having a cocktail, they'll come up and they they just say thank you so much for creating this space. Probably the hardest part of the job is sometimes saying no uh, to sponsorships because we have kind of a, a budget that usually gets um, exhausted two months into the year. And also uh, I think just, you know, you want to make sure that you're constantly holding space and showing, you know, gratitude to your community, the community that you serve. We always are so intentional, intentional about that, but we also sometimes we fall short, right? We're human. Um, so I think those are the two hardest, I mean, hardest and, and most enjoyable parts yeah. uh, of owning a, a bar. Yeah, that makes sense. And and as I've talked to um, different clinic ops people uh, on the team here at Howard Brown, uh, the the kind of like listening and, and holding space, whether it's in healthcare or you know the the service industry, that kind of uh, listening to to your audience and to your clientele mm-hmm. is is huge and something that's ongoing, right? So. Um, the needs of you know a year and a half ago when you open might look different than the needs from four years from now. So it's it's a constant um, you know reevaluating and holding space and making sure things are going well. But you obviously are pros at it. Um, what what advice would you give to somebody that kind of wants to be in this arena or maybe um, has a similar identity and and 
wants to either curate a space um, or you know own a business um, that kind of looks like this, what what advice would you give to somebody that wants to walk that road? I would say put your passion in people first. That's the best advice I can give. Yeah, that's I mean simple and and doesn't even really need much more explanation. I love I love the passion part of it. Um, this is a little bit of a tangent, but growing up, whenever I would come home from school uh, and I would be like excited about something that I learned, my mom would always be like, well, why do you think that you're excited about it now? Like, was the teacher excited about it? And I'd be like, well, yeah, like they, they were really passionate about it. And I think at the end of the day, you can really make anybody buy into something or to, to come along with you on a journey if you're passionate about it. Okay. And it's a cause that you believe in. Yes. Um, so yes. it tracks that like if your heart's in the right place, you're able to to motivate people to to support you in that journey and things so yes um, yes. does that hold true for for your experience oh yes definitely I I think the times when you get tired when you have a passion for something it it gets you motivated right you know right hey um we're here serving these cocktails for our beautiful community yeah even when I'm tired I'm like okay I can I can get into that um and I'm just always excited when I you know, I always walk into the bar and you get you get that new person who just, you know, just uh, found out about the bar and they want to come and support. Or this weekend we had people from all over the United States. We had a couple in from Seattle, another lady in for, from L.A. And they were just intentional by saying, hey, we came here just to just see your bar yeah. and to be a part of this space. Is it intimidating at all having this kind of uh, unique status as uh, an open to everyone bar. It sounds kind of obvious when you say like an open to everyone bar, like of course every bar is open to everyone, but having an establishment that is this intentional about your clientele and you're getting people from all over the country, does that like, oh, like, Oh, you know? it, it, it makes you, you know, sit straight up and yeah. say, we have to make sure that we are getting better each day. Mm-hmm. And that what that's definitely what Angela and I, really do on a daily basis we check we talk to each other every day and we say okay uh when you were in the bar this happened and how can we make sure that that doesn't happen again we are very intentional about the customer service the feeling that the customer has the experience that they have when they come into the bar and we on a constantly you know everyday daily basis that we're trying to get better yeah i love that um uh, a few last questions because we're approaching 30 minutes, believe it or not. Um, I'm, I love this concept of um, uh, a space where you feel like you belong. Um, and I think every queer person has that first moment where you enter a space and you're like, I can let my guard down here. Uh, for, for me, I had come out uh, to my family and friends, but I was also living in my parents' basement in small town, West Michigan. So I wasn't able to you know live out my identity really at all and it was kind of in the back of my mind but I visited a friend in LA and went to uh, a gay bar there which wasn't obviously very inclusive or 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 diverse but it was the first like actually queer space I'd ever been in and I remember kind of like I think I like kissed a boy for the first time too and I remember kind of having a crisis about it but also being like it doesn't it didn't matter there like you know everybody was the same there or had a same identity or some sort of same lived experience. And it was really transformative for me and and how I uh, expressed myself and looked at the world. Uh, Just out of curiosity, do you you have an experience where you were like, I belong here? Or is Nobody's Darling creating that experience? 
probably the first time I felt like I belonged was probably at the center of Halstead when we had an event, when I went to an event, it was just beautiful women living their true selves. And I was like, okay, this is my tribe. Yeah. And I feel that way every time I walk into our bar, I'll meet someone new um, that's just so excited about to be in the space and feels so good about being there. Um, but it's so true that you say that, you know, everyone wants to be around their tribe, right? Um, and I hope that more people will come to our space and realize that we are all one tribe. Yeah, that's, a, I think, a beautiful sentiment to close on. One last fun, easy question. Uh, what's your favorite cocktail? Ooh, I love <laughs> all my kids the same. But, <laughs> but my favorite cocktail right now, because it's summer, yeah. or the two favorites right now, is our lychee 2.0 that's on the menu and our Kalo margarita. When I tell you, I feel like we have the best margarita in the city. It's it's everything okay. is sweet, but it's spicy yeah. and it's just refreshing. And you can take down at least three of them before <laughs> you realize, oh my God, I did. I just drank three just margaritas. Went. Exactly, exactly. That's very important. And my friends and I have been on a quest to find really good margaritas so mm -hmm. i will absolutely have to stop by oh yeah oh yeah uh, shoot me shoot me a text email and okay. say hey we're not coming up okay perfect yeah. I, will, I will do that i'm and it's it's thursday but it feels like a friday for some reason today yeah. and my team is going out uh to i think larry's or something okay. um after so but now i'm just gonna be thinking of your yeah. margaritas so uh I'll, I'll have to stop by and give them a try but Renata, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to sit down with me, uh, being so open, and, and thank you for being so intentional and awesome about uh, creating Nobody's Darling. So, um, can you plug real quick uh, the address and hours and everything so people know where to find Nobody's Darling? Yes, Facebook, Instagram, Nobody's Darling Bar, mm -hmm. and our website is you know www.nobodysdarlingbar.com. You can always, we have a... Where are you located? Uh, 1744 West Bearmore. Okay. Uh, Ravenswood and Bearmore. Perfect. And we always have a monthly social uh, singles mixer. So definitely come out Cute. every third, third uh, Thursday of the month. Yeah. We have all of our events that we do up on Instagram and Facebook. So definitely check us out there. Perfect. You heard it here first. Uh, Renata, thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Matt. And that has been our episode on queer business ownership and queer gathering spaces. If you're interested in uh, anything that we talked about today, you can go to www.howardbrown.org for more information. Thanks for listening.